You are listening to the Techie Leadership Show with Bogdan and Andrei. Hello and welcome to the Techie Leadership Show. Today with me I have John Eads. He is the CEO of LearnLoft, a leadership development company that exists to turn professionals into leaders and create healthier places to work. He is also the author of Building the Best and is the host of the Follow My Lead podcast. He writes or has been featured on Forbes, Inc.com, LinkedIn Pulse, TrainingIndustry.com, eLearningIndustry.com, CNBC Money, and more. Hello, John. How are you? I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me on. Same, same here. I cannot wait to get started. Do you want to add anything else about yourself? Uh, no. Uh, uh, I guess the only thing I'd say is uh, comparison is the thief of joy. So wherever I am in my journey, wherever anyone else is in their journey, uh, just compare it to wherever you're walking today instead of any, to anybody else's. Yeah, that's really, really good. I like it. <laughs> I might steal that from you and use it <laughs> myself. <laughs> Uh, so without further ado, what would be the biggest leadership success story you've witnessed personally? Hmm. Well, leadership is a journey and not a destination. And I think that's really yes. important to, uh, to think through because one act of leadership that takes someone from where they are to where they want to go can happen all the time. Uh, it does, isn't just one story. It can happen over and over again. Uh, but I think we all like the stories of the movie of the leader that, that, that takes you to the front line and wins the victory and they think oh, it's yeah. over. It's, <laughs> um, and it's, it's not always that way, Andre. So, uh, but there's some fan, there's so many great stories of leadership because uh, one of my favorites comes from general Mattis. <clears throat> and if you're unfamiliar, okay. general Mattis was um, running one of the branches of the military and his, his, friend called General Krulak, they were kind of A and B. And, and General Krulak and his wife would bake cookies for soldiers at Christmas time. And then nice. on Christmas morning, General Krulak would get up and he would go deliver all these fresh cookies to soldiers or officers working on Christmas morning. And one particular Christmas, he gets up at 4.30 a.m., he goes to Quantico, he walks in, and he asks the lieutenant on duty, he says, who's the officer that slept in that cot last night? And the lieutenant says, uh, General Mattis. And Krulak says, no, that can't be right. That can't be right. I, it, who slept right there? I'm talking last night. Uh, and the lieutenant said, no, General Mattis. About that time, General Mattis walked through the door and he sees his good friend. And Krulak says, Mattis, what are you doing here at 4.30 a.m. on Christmas yeah. morning? And Mattis looked at him and said, uh, the officer who was scheduled to be on duty has a small family and I thought he should be home with his family on Christmas. So I took his post. Whoa. And Krulak looked at him, smiled, and Mattis looked at back at him and said, just remember, I work for them. And so I, I only tell you that story because uh, the great examples of leadership almost always exist when the person acting it out understands that they actually work for the team and not the other way around. They're actually at the bottom of that pyramid and not at the top. So anytime leaders act or behave in that manner, uh, those are the examples of leadership that I love. Yeah. And that's something that really surprised me because I had uh, in the previous interview that I did with Tom Colditz, he actually told me that in the U.S. Army, 
the basis of leadership that is used in the U.S. Army is servant leadership. And I was really surprised that that's, that's what it's used in an army. So you wouldn't expect it in the army. It, it, it can't say it's consistent all the time, but the whole idea, uh, Andre, there's a, there's a definition of leadership that I use in the book. It's someone whose actions inspire, empower, and serve in order to elevate others. Yeah. Someone whose actions inspire, empower, and serve in order to elevate others. I mean, the key to leadership is elevating other people. And uh, if anyone's actions can do that, then that's, they're on their way. Yeah. And the thing is, most people don't have that view, especially people that are just stepping into a leadership position or aspire to one. If they have like the movie version of leadership, what you see in movies. Like you're the boss, you beat your fist on your t- on the table, people have to do what you say. They don't think like, actually, they are your bosses <laughs> and you have to take care of them and inspire them and help them and help them grow. Exactly right. Ah, that's a really good story. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, and when it comes like to a leadership failure story, what would you like to share with us? I had a, uh, how I got into this space is pretty unique. I, okay. I was running a I'm learning tech. I was, I was running a learning technology company. Um, we were trying to, uh, we were trying to, the learning management system market was, was very old school. We were trying to bring short video based stuff to the learning technology market. And we were about a year into building that software and that business. And we were really struggling so I did what most young leaders do. I, I called one of my team members in my office and I let her go. Uh, she wasn't ready for it. She didn't know it was happening. And at the end of that meeting, she looked at me and she said, John, I didn't know where we were going. I didn't know what I was doing. And I certainly didn't know I was helping us get there. And it was in that moment that I realized that the problem was not my team. The problem was me from a leadership perspective. Powerful realization. Yeah, it was a very tough realization. Uh, It hurt. I mean, I'm an emotional guy. I put my head in my hands. And after she left, I cried, man. It just hurt me, the fact that I thought I was born with some leadership DNA, and I had just failed miserably. And so it was actually that failure that, that got me motivated to not let that experience happen to other people. Now, again, I didn't know what the best leaders did at that time. So that's what it set us on this journey the last six or seven years. But I, my own leadership failure is what caused me to get into this space and to try to help other leaders be the best version they can be. And so uh, there's a, one of my favorite sayings of all time is failure is not final. Failure is feedback. Failure okay. is not final. Failure is feedback. And, you know, I failed there's no doubt about it, but that's what created my mission and my purpose in the work that we do. And so it's not final, it's feedback to keep going and to grow from it. And um, so that's my leadership failure story. And I still fail every single day and I teach this stuff. It's hard. (laughs) Yeah. It's really, really hard. Uh, But that's one key point is like when you fail, which is it happens all the time, at least I fail a lot it's learn from your failures because that would be like the biggest failure you could have is not learn from your failures and improve yourself. It's as you said, like it's not 
where you're at now and it's like a culmination even if you have like wild success it's, it doesn't mean the journey has stopped and okay you have achieved <laughs> the right the pinnacle of leadership no you, you still can improve on it and you're still going to fail and the more you grow the more the organizations that you grow the, the teams that you manage grow you have to grow as a person couldn't have said it better myself oh thank you thank you very much yeah and i am really thankful for you sharing that story because it's uh, it's not easy especially for for uh, a man i know myself i am like apprehension to say about my flaws and what i did and especially uh, having moments of when you're crying because it's like as a man you should not cry <laughs> at least in our, <laughs> in our society but it happens and it's natural and it's okay i might cry <laughs> before the end of this show i mean i'm a I, the reason why you know i i appreciate that it's um owning owning our our failures is so important because we're not perfect i mean you're not yeah. perfect i'm not Amen. perfect um you know <laughs> i'm a i'm a christian but it's a there's just nobody walking is except one and it's like you're going to make mistakes it's how do you respond from it there's a there's a little uh equation in the book that i learned from um, a guy named Viktor Frankl who wrote a book called Man's Search for Meaning. He wrote it about it in the Holocaust. Yes. But he, he, it, it, the equation is E plus R equals O. E plus R equals O. And what it stands okay. for is event plus response equals outcome. Event plus response equals outcome. Yes. And uh, it, it's, it, it's not a John Eads thing or a Learn Loft thing. I mean, this has been around for a long time. Uh, but it's a great mindset to take because we have very little control about the events that happen in our life. Yes. But what we do control is how we respond to those events. And and when we respond the best we can, we get the best outcome that we possibly can. And so I, I like that kind of mindset, that, that philosophy of E plus R equals O. And uh, it, it'll kind of transform your life if you start thinking that way is um, – it's really, I like to think of them as kind of two R's. So you have event and response equals outcome, but you also, you also determine how ready you are to respond. Yes. So it's like um, the preparation, the work that you do, the effort that you put in, it's getting you prepared to be ready to respond the best you can. And I, and I love that mindset because we're not going to be perfect. But what we can do is do the work and put in the effort to be ready to respond. And that's so true. And especially the one thing that you have the most control over it, and it's not 100%, is yourself. Because it would be awesome. I, I would have enjoyed it a lot to have like 100% <laughs> control of myself. But there are some instincts that uh, there might not be helpful in specific situations but they're like the first response that uh, i go through to and i have to learn to manage them and build another response in it to have more beneficial outcomes and that's a Great. struggle yeah, yeah it's a struggle for us all and based on your experiences um, teaching leadership and helping people become better leaders and also managing companies what would be your leadership philosophy hmm. well uh, there's the simplest version is the definition that i gave you earlier someone whose actions inspire 
empower and serve in order to elevate others over an extended period of time. That, that would be my overarching philosophy of that. My job as a leader is to inspire others, to empower other people to make decisions and to serve them. And when I do that, I'll be on my way to successful leadership today. I mean, that would be my philosophy altogether. Um, there's a, there's a, we did a lot of research in the book looking at okay. what the best leaders did and what it looked at is a leader's um, use of, of love and discipline in the way that they lead. So uh, overarchingly uh, beyond that definition of leadership that I just shared with you, it would be that the best leaders need to use high levels of love and discipline in the way that they lead. And, and that, and that's what the best leaders do today. So I'm always looking for ways that I can continue to um, love my people and then conversely set high standards in order for them to choose uh, the best path. And, and that's going to help get the best performance that I can. So I would give you those two um, philosophies as a thing that guides me and it guides the best leaders in our research. And John, if you had to like to create a crib note for somebody to pass like a leadership exam on how to apply love and discipline and be a better leader for it, what would be, what would that be? <laughs> um, I would say, uh, the definition of love is to the actual definition is to will the good of another. Oh. And the def, discipline is often misunderstood from a leadership perspective. It means to promote standards in order for an individual to choose to be at their best. So if, that, if I had to pass them a note, I would say um, to will the good of other people but know that you can't choose for them. They have to choose for themselves. You know, yes. we, we, we started talking today. Uh, you mentioned sometimes it feels like you're leading a team of elementary school students or something. You yes. know, the best leaders set a really high bar for what's expected on their team and they inspire their people and they empower them to meet and exceed it. Um, so I would, I would, I would focus on pouring into people, investing them in them, inspiring them and helping them choose to meet and exceed the standards that you set. Uh, that's, that would be my, my note to you, to them. And, and that's what I love about all the conversation that I have, because with each person I speak on, on the show, they're all talking about inspiring and helping people and helping them grow. It's not the thing that you think while we're working at a company that as a leader, as a manager, you have to basically make sure that the, job gets done and basically be the the monitor or something like that uh, doing the supervision of it that's that's like the the smallest part of your job and it's more important to focus on on, on the people you're working with and helping them and i i love that i for one yeah i mean just think about just think about this you're only gonna i mean if you raise your hands above your head as high as you can right now go ahead i can see mm -hmm. you Okay. Now raise them a little bit higher. Uh, yeah. See? So like we're all, we're all going to only go to the point in which it gets uncomfortable. Yeah. That's so true. So oftentimes we need somebody to help us to go a little bit further, to, to go, to, to reach higher, to achieve more, to be more. And, and that's where uh, the best leaders, they don't, it, this whole thing isn't about just being soft and, being everybody's best friend. That's not what it's oh, about. Yeah, no. 
You know, this is about performance and getting people to go higher than they think they're capable of. And so that's why we need, I mean, we need leaders like this. We need leaders that see more in us than we see in ourselves. And, uh, and we all want someone like that in our life. Oh yeah, for sure. And thinking back to the the people that helped me most develop were people that saw stuff in me that I didn't see where I was discounting in myself. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they had trust in me said, you can do this. I was like, hey, if another person thinks I can do it, I should also think that I can do it. It's <laughs> <That's> good attitude. <laughs> yeah. Um, and for aspiring leaders, John, what would be your top three leadership tips you have for them? Aspiring leaders? Yes. Uh, well, one, it's important to note that leadership, since leadership isn't about the title, as we've talked about, anybody can lead right from where they are. Yes. I mean, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't require a title for you to go be a leader in your organization. You can do that. Um, you can do that right from where you are. And so I, I would encourage any aspiring leader to think of themselves as a leader right in their current job and focus on their actions. Um, you can always turn to a teammate that isn't your direct report and help inspire them. I mean, the word inspire means to breathe life into. So if, if you're thinking of the word inspire in that way, how can you breathe life into someone else, a colleague that's sitting next to you or that's working on the same project to you that's struggling? How can you help them? How can you teach them or educate them about the best way to, write this line of code or squash this bug or so thinking of it in terms of you can breathe life into anybody else just through encouraging them. I mean, you talked about someone encouraging you, um, you know, support a teammate, a colleague, encourage them to keep going, encourage them to not give up. You know, so many people have lost jobs in this current market. It's like encourage those that have lost a job to not give up that, that don't let that being let go um, be how they value themselves. So it doesn't take a role or a title to encourage or to inspire other people. And so I would, I would say that for aspiring leaders is to put the, put the hat on right now that I'm a leader right from where I am. And I'm going to do that through inspiring and encouraging other people um, and serving them the best I can right from where I am. Yeah. And that's, I I think that's the the most important step you can take towards leadership is to identify yourself as a leader. And it's also the hardest step you can take. But it's just like uh it's like a magical switch after you do it. Yeah, I I would I would go one more place. We've been doing some new research about okay. What the best what the most important leadership skills are for young professionals and uh one of the things that's really stood out is drive and ambition rated really high in terms of leadership skills for, for aspiring leaders. And I, that makes a lot of sense. I'm not breaking any news there. I mean, the, 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 yes. the young professionals that are driven, that get their work done, that work hard, uh, that look to achieve things. I mean, every organization wants people like that in it. Um, but sometimes that drive and ambition can go to an evil place versus oh, yeah. a good place. Meaning I'm only thinking about me. I'm thinking about the corporate ladder that I'm going to go climb or the company yes. that I'm going to go build. 
And there's nothing wrong with being driven. Um, but I want, I would, I would, I would encourage any aspiring leader to be driven and be ambition, but to channel it in terms of achievement. And I'll explain. Um, ambition typically has to do with money or some kind of uh, power or prestige um, that I'm looking to get some title. Yes. And I would encourage all of those that are driven and ambitious to think of it in terms of achievement. Think of it in terms of long-term, the development of skills, the development of competence. Um, this long-term view of your career that says, can I go help myself and others get to a better place than we are today, not just stepping on them to get where I'm trying to go. So I would, that would be the other thing that I would, I would like to share with young professionals or aspiring leaders today is be driven, be ambitious, but do it in the right way where you're not stepping on others, but you're helping yourself and others get to a better place. And building a team that is going to help you succeed in the new positions while you're growing. Look, if you if you have a, a trail of bodies behind you as a leader and what you're moving forward, maybe you should stop and look in the mirror and reevaluate your leadership model. Yeah. You're essentially Tony Soprano. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's not healthy and it's, it's going to bite you in the ass eventually. It's not. That's uh, right. It's just people hate it. They'll hate, they'll, they'll hate you. Uh, they'll leave their job. Yeah. And one thing that I learned, like in my career, sometimes to at least I to make a step forward, I had to take like a pay cut in the benefits. So it doesn't always to advance and grow. You don't have, you don't always make more money or the benefits are uh, instantaneous. It, it takes a little investment and uh, managing your career and being smart about it. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. And do you have like a third tip for aspiring team? <laughs> a third tip? <laughs> yes. I'll stick with those for right now. <laughs> ah, you'll stick with those. Okay. You're really good. Um, and since we're talking about uh, growing yourself and learning more, what would be the book that had the most profound impact on you? Hmm. I read a lot. Uh, really, I listen a lot. So... I would I, lately it's a book called stillness is the key by Ryan holiday. Um, it's had a big impact on me. Uh, just thinking of having to slow down and be, be present in each moment. I'm not great at that with ADD. And uh, so being present in each moment and each interaction with my team, with each interaction with my kid um, kids, uh, being present on this webinar today, I mean, on this podcast today, it's, you know, every faith system throughout history has stillness at the center of it. So that one's made a big impact on me. Um, there's a book called The Father's Tale that had a really big impact on me. Uh, a, a man in Canada wrote it. Uh, it's great for any parent to read. Um, so those are, those, are, those are two that jump out at me. Oh, that's great. And I really like the book by Ryan Holiday. I've read some books that he wrote and I like his style and yeah. his ideas. Uh, he really goes like to the core and he says he's not afraid to say contrarian things and justify them really well. 
So it's not uh, an unformed yeah. opinion. I think that this should be like this and <laughs> leave it like that. You pick it up. And yeah. And the thing, uh, you're absolutely right. It's really hard and you have to work at enjoying the journey because at the end, uh, sometimes the, the end result might not be as epic as you expect them to be. And you realize the journey was the worthwhile effort. <laughs> yeah, I mean, one of my favorite quotes is that um, the only thing guaranteed is the struggle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the results aren't guaranteed. Now, you're not going to get the results if you don't do the work. You're not going to get the results if you don't aren't committed to the craft or to the business or to the team or that to your marriage. Um, and, you know, anyone that's been married knows that the only thing guaranteed is the struggle. But look at the fruits that come that's come from your marriage. You got a, a daughter. You have a, a, yes. a partner to go through this quarantine with. I mean, there's um, – so the only thing guaranteed is the struggle. And I would just encourage anybody listening that's going through any kind of struggle is to just not give up. I mean, um, stay patient, keep going. Uh, no one said it's going to be easy. Uh, and if it were, and if it were easy, everybody would do it. Uh, so, so go ahead and make the, the self-discipline choices to keep going. Um, one of my favorite thoughts around self-discipline, it's, it's the willingness and the ability to sacrifice what you want now for what you want more later on. And I, and I would, I would say anybody that's struggling right now, like if you have this goal, if you have this dream, if you have these aspirations of things you want you or your team to achieve, don't give up, don't give up, make the, be willing to make the choices every single day to give up what you want now, the easy stuff for more, for what you want more later on. Yeah. And I would have to add, if you can get into the mix, a drop of optimism, it makes it way easier. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That's right. Okay, John, it's been a pleasure talking with you. If people want to find out more about you, where should they go? LinkedIn's probably the best place. Uh, John Eads on LinkedIn. Uh, you can go to, um, you can get the book on Amazon or anywhere uh, books are sold, uh, Building the Best. And then uh, learnloft.com is the company website. And then johneeads.com is my personal website. That's great. And do check out John's uh, book. After this talk, I know I will, and it has to be awesome because we haven't covered <laughs> not I don't think even the tip of the iceberg <laughs> no, <laughs> I, knows. I, I appreciate you having me on yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Bye That was today's episode. Tune in daily, rate, like, subscribe, and share, please. Oh, you can find further info and materials in the show notes on techleadership.com including links to the guest book recommendations.